Welcome to Lessons from Life, the podcast that gleams profound life lessons from everyday life stories. Hosted by Dustin Fenton and Brandon Hill. Off I went, but something wasn't right. All of a sudden, my hand slipped and I hurtled toward the ground, smacking something with my right leg, hitting my face, and landing half in and out of the muddy water. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Fenton and Brandon Hill. Today, we've got a guest, Emily Anderson. I'm going to ask Emily, tell us briefly who you are, and then tell us your story. Awesome. Hello, I'm Emily. I currently live in Southern Indiana, and I am the Activities and Guest Services Director at a Christian camp. So I've always kind of loved outdoor adventures, and I got to know Dustin through working at Spring Hill and Brandon through him. And so I'm excited to get to share this story about one of my most memorable outdoor experiences. It was to be my first backpacking trip ever. The November afternoon was beautiful as we headed out. The trail was very pretty and we had about three miles to get to our first campsite. I screamed once as we went along. I thought that I was stepping on a snake and then I realized it was just a branch. It was our conversation about snakes that had me on edge. When we arrived at our first campsite, we commenced the task of setting up camp that included putting up our tent, gathering firewood, and sharpening some stick ends for mallow roasters for the evening. And so that evening around the campfire, the boys regaled us with tales of their epic adventures. They also partook in the ritual smoking of their pipes and I decided I had to give that a try. It speedily became apparent that this activity was harder to do than it appeared as I swallowed and half choked on the pipe smoke amidst a chorus of laughter. My friend Logan declared that the trip's principal purpose to get me to smoke was complete. (laughs) (laughs) I also had fun getting to know the girls and little did I know that this proved to be important later on. We all went to bed around 10 p.m. and got a solid night's sleep. The next morning, after a hearty breakfast of oatmeal and commencing some acrobatics of climbing the tempting tree in our campsite, my friend Rusty was the first to it, uh, to my consternation. Uh, We leisurely went on our way. We came to a place in the trail with these huge ledges on the other side of the creek, and I decided that I just had to climb them. So I waded across the creek and started trying to scramble up these huge boulders. It was kind of perilous, really. Zach was following me up, and when I got to the top, I told the other boys, Rusty and Hunter and Kyle, that they had to get up there. Talk about on top of the world. There were breathtaking views of the changing autumn leaves. The river was winding away, and the mountains faded off into the distance. As I stood looking, I also felt my whole body trembling from adrenaline and maybe 1% terror, and I philosophized that the greater the risk, the bigger the reward. Continuing on our way, we came upon a huge pool in the river. Naturally, I decided that I wanted to go swimming, even though it was the first weekend in November. I jumped in and the water was ice cold and immediately took my breath away. But it was also quite exhilarating. So I tried swimming a bit to see if I would warm up, but that didn't really help. Then two of my friends, Rusty and Allie, decided uh, they found a rope swing and they decided they were going to jump from this platform in the trees into the pool. And so, of course, I had to try that as well. And it was so fun. So we chilled a little bit in the water. I got tossed in several times by one of my friends and I was kind of warming up on the rock and my friend Rusty was like, Emily, one more swing. And again, I grudgingly agreed because I couldn't let him outdo me. He went off and did a double gainer into the pond. What the heck? So I went up, climbing up to the platform and under my breath, I muttered, just watch, I'll get hurt this time. 
<laughs> Grabbing onto the swing, off I went, but something wasn't right. All of a sudden, my hand slipped and I hurtled toward the ground, smacking something with my right leg, hitting my face, and landing half in and out of the muddy water. Rusty grabbed my hands, helping me up, and I was exclaiming, is my face okay? As I was shivering and crying. Can you move your leg, he asked. No, I whimpered, and they grabbed me by my armpits and knees and carried me over to the warm, sunny rock. The girls started cleaning up the scrapes on my face, bandaging them and wiping me off. I was still trembling. I started to stiffen, and my teeth were chattering. So I lay there for a little while, recovering my wits. Um, they got me a blanket and a dry shirt, and the sun was warm, and we decided we'd just call it quits for a moment. We took a break for lunch. After lunch, we held a consultation to determine what would be the best next step, and we decided we would head back to the first campsite. As I stood up and tried to put weight on my right foot, I cringed as shooting pain erupted and my eyes flooded with hot tears. I'll just hobble, I said, and I started off hopping on my left leg, supported by Logan and Hunter. But progress was slow, I quickly tired, and the realization hit that I would not be able to do this for very long. So the boys decided to take turns giving me piggyback rides. In a brief moment of inspiration, they even worked to build a stretcher out of some, some tree limbs and towels, but that didn't work very well as the trail was narrow and not enough room was there for them to walk on either side. So we settled into a rhythm, the girls carrying my backpack in addition to theirs, and the boys took turns holding me as well as one another's packs. After a couple tiring hours later, we made it back to camp, and I laid in my hammock while everyone did the work of setting up camp. I couldn't help but think how my friends were troopers. However, when I did venture a complaint about my arms being sore from hanging on to them, the boys all shot glares in my direction. The afternoon was restful. We napped a little, played some crazy eights. I also thought back to the day before when I had assured my friend Rusty that this trip was going to be a highlight of the semester. We made another fire, cooked up a delicious warm supper, and made s'mores. Meanwhile, my ankle quickly swelled to epic proportions. But with the numbing capability of Allie's ibuprofen that I took and the jolly spirits of my friends, the evening passed relatively comfortably. The independence that I normally prided myself on had to be set aside, as I really had to rely on my friends to carry me away from camp in order to empty my bladder, which apparently is smaller than most people's, or I was just really well hydrated, because I had to go way more frequently than anyone else. That night, it stormed. Lightning, thunder, and torrential downpour combined to keep us all awake. Thankfully, the girls were warm and cozy in the tents. The boys, as we learned the next morning, were relatively less dry, as their shelter was only a tarp that was covering them from the front of our tent. However, even at 2 a.m., spirits were still high and we passed the time merrily, even singing songs at one point. The next morning, we embarked on the most beastly hike of my life. The boys took off almost at a jog. I was definitely apprehensive at times, especially when the trail was quite uneven and littered with rocks and roots, or when we had to curve around narrow mountainous ridges. The most precarious part of the journey involved crossing the knee-high creek while on Zach's back. It had been treacherous enough trying to cross on my own two feet with my backpack the day before, much more so now that I had to entirely trust my bearer to choose the firmest path. Finally, when it felt like we were approaching the parking lot, I started to sing the orchestral soundtrack to the movie Pirates of the Caribbean in an attempt to inspire the weary men. Feeling revived, I'm sure, by my rousing accompaniment, Zach picked up his pace until we were all but sprinting the last several hundred yards of the trail. What great size of relief. Feelings of accomplishment and exclamations of amazement at our daunting task were expressed at its completion. 
I was sure that it would be countered under the most epic ordeals of my life. It wasn't until the following day when I was able to go and get my leg x-rayed did I fully realize and accept that I had indeed broken my leg, my fibula bone to be exact, cleanly in half, and that I would require a plate and seven screws in order to repair the damage. So it did turn out to be one of the most memorable highlights of my fall semester, my junior year of college. The question that I have for you, Emily, is uh, you mentioned specifically on the rope swing, bigger the risk and greater the reward, or maybe it was for the views. Did you feel that <laughs> way after you broke your leg, after you um, realized it was broken? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it as I was meditating on it again. I think I would do everything again. I mean, looking back, I actually took this story from my journal and I realized that throughout the whole trip, there were multiple risks, starting from climbing the tree at the campsite to climbing the boulders, multiple mm -hmm. times where I could have been injured. But at the same time, I think it was totally worth it because I got to experience the highs and also some lows. So, I mean, I definitely think it was still true. Yep, I took the risk and I did it several times without having any bad results. The funny thing was it was that last time that was the bad result, but hmm. I would totally do it the same way again and wouldn't want to miss out for sure. <laughs> it's always the last yes, time. Yes, there's something it? about that. <laughs> You mentioned that you got to experience the highs and the lows. Is there a relationship there? Did the lows make the highs better or, or maybe vice versa, where the highs made the lows better? Well, I could have done this trip and just played it completely safe and, you know, not done any of the adventurous things. Not gone off the rope swing, not gone swimming in the first place, not climbed mm -hmm. the boulders. But if I hadn't chose to do those risks, then I wouldn't have gotten to experience the highs. But I also, in the risk, there was also the risk of experience mm -hmm. the lows, I guess, experiencing getting hurt and all of the, I would say, the later consequences of taking me out of all of the active things that I like to do for the next three months. But at the same time, because of that low, I got to experience a bonding experience with my friends, particularly on the trip that I would not have had just like getting to depend on them, getting to rely on them. They had an epic time, obviously, <laughs> to brag about carrying these seven miles or whatever over the trail. And yeah, I just think that some of the other lessons that I learned from that experience, they had to come because of that low of mm -hmm. breaking my leg, basically. I've been on about, oh, probably 20 extended hike trips. Listening to your story is bringing back all kinds of memories. But what I'm finding interesting is, is that the three memories that seem to stick out to me the most are the time that one of the people I was on the trip with, they tore their ACL and we had to carry them out. Uh, cool. Another another time I was in Colorado and I actually got altitude sickness, which kept us from moving forward. And then another time when we had a, had a person get hypothermia and we had to help get them, their body temperature back to normal. So it's interesting how these kind of disastrous events are the ones that seem to create these memories in us. And to some extent, we kind of look back on them and laugh and have a good memory experience with them. As you know, one of my favorite authors is G.K. Chesterton. He says, one sees great things from the valley, but only small things from the peak. And so I think that's true in this area that you were able to kind of experience those highs because you were in the lows and be able to have that contrast uh, potentially. I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely gave a whole different perspective that I had never experienced before that. Mm -hmm. And certainly those were sometimes hard lessons, like the one I was thinking about when I had to rely on my friend, even kind of the, the humility of having 
I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself, basically, mm-hmm. and having yeah. to rely on people in very vulnerable, kind of intimate moments, I guess. Again, at the same time, those are the kinds of things that build trust and build the relationship and bring you to a new point in your friendship. So that's definitely one of the striking thoughts that I had from that. And I think just even empathy for future people that have gotten injured or recognizing how hard it is to not be able to do the things that you normally do. And whether that's for someone a season of time, or maybe that's part of their whole life. It's just, I wouldn't be able to empathize with them until kind of having that shared experience, I guess. To some extent, that's what our whole world is going through right now is that we're really having to rely on each other and to some extent all choose not to do things for the safety of others and also to take care of people in ways we normally wouldn't. Absolutely. At this point, it's essential to rely on one another and to think of others and find ways that we can come together, even if we're physically distanced, find ways to socially be together. And even the whole attitude that we approach this with, again, going back to your quote, Dustin with the Valley, like we could choose to dwell on all of the inconveniences that there are or all of the hardships that there are, or we can look to see, hey, what are new things that we haven't been able to see with within our time, within our relationships, within ourselves, given this new experience that we're having of being stuck at home and everyone else is stuck at home. And maybe we're not missing out on things that everybody else is doing without us. So we can reconnect with old friends or we can spend time journaling or focusing on a hobby or I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential to see new things in this time. And, but I think that hugely relies on our attitude and what we're choosing to focus on. So yeah. I guess it does kind of relate in some ways to this experience that we're in currently. Your call to vulnerability is what we have the choice to answer in today's context. Dustin, you were going to ask another question earlier when I jumped in. No, that was actually, it was just the same observation that you were making, kind of the, the call to vulnerability and understanding that we have to rely on one another in different ways than what we are used to it. And really, we have the opportunity to form new routines and new habits as opposed to falling into something that is unintentional as opposed to being very intentional with our lives right now. We have that capacity to be intentional with that vulnerability as opposed to being accidental. So Emily, do you ever talk to any of the friends that were on this trip about it? I mean, we definitely reminisced. I haven't talked about it with them for a while, but mm-hmm. even the whole process of doing this podcast has made me think, oh man, I, I need to reconnect with them. <laughs> actually, uh, we have had my broader college friend book community is called The Friends, and they actually had a get together that I missed because I wasn't totally online a couple of days ago, but we're planning on having another kind of group chat, Google Hangout or something. Oh, okay. And so I was definitely thinking I'm going to have to post this picture and kind of do some, hey, remember when? You know? <laughs> And maybe we'll have to get their take on their memories from what happened. Right. Yeah. Because I totally have, you know, my own perspective, but who knows? Like they, I know we had this whole trip planned out, like this whole giant hike. We were going to go to another campsite. And obviously all of those plans were cut short because of my actions and the accident type thing. So who knows? Like they might've had a very different perspective on the whole thing than I did. (laughs) Have you been back to that space? I have not. No, I would like to, for sure. I know my brother actually hiked it not too long ago, I guess. (laughs) So I feel like I need to ask him, hey, did you see the platform in the tree? Don't go off it. Don't go off it. It's a bad idea. (laughs) When you were talking about call to vulnerability and just setting different habits and patterns and things, that made me think of the learning cycle kind of framework. And I don't know if Brandon, you and Dustin are familiar with this, but 
one of my teachers often said, learning begins with a disturbance. Mm -hmm. um, and that can look a lot of different ways, but I would call even what our country is going through right now, a disturbance of normal routines. And that disturbance throws you into this realm of chaos where th there's uncertainty, there's confusion, you know, the ground isn't very stable under your feet. And oftentimes in chaos, we're tempted just to try to flee chaos or avoid it or deny it or escape it basically. And the challenge is we have to learn how to be in the midst of that chaos and that uncertainty and kind of wait it out and see what assumptions that we're holding on to that may not be right. And it's only when we can sort of come through that chaos and not avoid the process or cut the process mm -hmm. short or right. let go of those assumptions, that's when deeper learning happens. And so, yeah, kind of going back to Dustin's point, what is there new in this time from this disturbance that we can kind of just be patient in the chaos and in the darkness and hold on to the hope that there may be something to be gleaned and something to be learned from these circumstances. So. Mm -hmm. I think that relates back to your trip is that you didn't realize, you know, how good of friends you probably were until you got carried out and even carried <laughs> off to the bathroom and so on and so forth because yeah. you had to rely on those folks. So that's good. Emily, thanks for sharing your story with us and being a guest with us and uh, really appreciate all that you had to share with us today. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was so fun. Privileged to be on this podcast with y'all been great to hear your story and those lessons that you've learned from them. I'm sure we'll learn from them as well. Well, take care, Dustin. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Lessons from Life. We hope that you have learned a lesson today that will help you to be more fulfilled in life's journey. If you were inspired by today's episode, please subscribe and review. You can find Lessons from Life at LessonsFromLifeForYou.com. That is with the number four and the letter U. You can also find links to all of our social media on our website. We would love to hear the valuable lessons that you have learned from your life experiences.